0: Typical 18. Controversial rap group Two Live Crew is tried and acquitted on obscenity charges in Florida, stemming from a concert performance secretly recorded by two undercover police officers. A few days before they're acquitted, a federal judge declares their best-selling album obscene. The government installs a trustee at American Continental, and a wave of Charlie Loyalists quit But you sense opportunity and agree to be one of the few runners who stay on. The chaos at work is mirrored in the chaos of the atmosphere surrounding the National Football League's unprecedented rescinding of the Super Bowl they previously awarded Tempe when Arizona voters reject an initiative to create a Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. The loss of the Super Bowl means the loss of hundreds of millions of dollars, and also black entertainers have called for a boycott of the state, which loses more money. The shadow of the used car salesman governor lingering over the gubernatorial election that November, which is billed as a fresh start, but under the new laws meant to prevent a repeat of the election of the used car salesman, Without a majority, neither of the two new candidates receives a majority, and a runoff election is scheduled for the spring. The mayor in Washington, D.C., who got caught smoking crack in a hotel room and who has remained mayor all through his trial, even running for re-election, is sentenced to six months in prison. A few days before the election, which he loses, The musical group Milli Vanilli are outed as lip-sinkers and stripped of their Grammy Award, which causes the kind of outrage found hardly anywhere else. The date on the calendar when your ex-girlfriend returns from college for Christmas break looms. And when she readily agrees to see you, you interpret that to mean that she's missed you as much as you have her. But when you go into the wind-up of your apology for everything you've done, and say words meant as a means to an end, she so easily accepts them that you're taken aback. And when she receives a phone call, as if the moment is scripted, her whispering into the phone, it reveals the extent to which she's moved on from you, and without explaining the interruption, she lets you finish. Ghosts of your high school romance chase you away as you make a pleasant goodbye knowing you'll never, ever see her again. There's no one to share your pain with in that your parents and brothers never really knew her, and your college friends have long forsaken your collective public school past for new adventures, which you attempt to do by moving into the pink stucco apartment complex across the street from campus, so notorious for partying. Everyone watching the war on television, it looks like a video game you played as a kid. You apply the same nonchalance to the start of the spring semester, going stretches without showing up for class, or making sure to attend the days of quizzes and tests. Your new volunteer job at the campus safety escort service keeps you on campus a little more. You think it might be a good way to meet women, since the girls who turn up at parties at your apartment complex are primarily interested in fraternity guys, but you mainly escort married women to their cars after dark, sometimes on foot, and sometimes in a golf cart you and the other escorts race around campus in during downtime. You continue to take two buses each way to your job, working for the government trustee installed to wind down American Continental and sell its assets for the benefit of its creditors. Your eyesight goes a little, and you need glasses, and even though you can't afford them, you purchase a pair from the little Optique in Tempe because the girl behind the counter is cute. She seems like she's flirting with you. Who can tell? But on the chance that she might be, You ask all the women you work with at American Continental to vouch for you by writing the girl a note about you, and how she should say yes when you ask her out. You collect the notes, and have them delivered, and then call. The girl seems genuinely flattered, though she claims she has a boyfriend, but agrees to a friend date. You borrow your father's pickup for the date, which is just dinner at Chili's, which goes okay. You don't seem to have too much in common, except your stunt, and on the way to drop her back home, you drive over a median you don't see because you suddenly realize you probably shouldn't be driving at night, which freaks the girl out a little, even though you make a small joke about adjusting the glasses you bought from her. Saying goodnight is the last time you'll see her, you know. You've been listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark editor of the anthology Don't You Forget About Me, contemporary writers on the films of John Hughes.